In the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he instituted the Lord's Supper with his disciples. He washed their feet, giving us an example. And he gave to us a new commandment. Welcome to In the Bullpen, Up and Ready, a ministry of developing contenders. The call has come. You need to get up and ready now. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. You may or may not observe the church calendar. You may or may not be familiar with the church calendar. But I'm guessing you are familiar with these words. Monday, Thursday. Words used throughout church history to talk about and reference the night in which Christ was betrayed, the night in which he instituted the Lord's Supper, when he washed his disciples' feet, and when he gave a new commandment or mandate, which is where we get the word Monday. Hear now a portion of that upper room discourse as we read from John 13, verses 31 through 33. Therefore, when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I am with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, now I also say to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. In this text, Jesus Christ clearly declares his deity. And he also looks beyond the humiliation and suffering of the cross to the glory that would follow in his resurrection and ascension. We are seeing Isaiah 49.3 being fulfilled. He said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will show my glory. Christ then instructed his disciples, as he had previously done, that they couldn't follow where he was headed, but they were to remain. And in remaining, they were to obey a new commandment, which he gives them in verse 34. They were to love one another as he loved them. Later on in John 15, Christ says, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. King Jesus then declares that living such a life will be an unambiguous testimony to the world that they and we are his disciples. The new commandment wasn't to love one another. The newness involved loving as Christ loves us, sacrificially, even to the point of death. All true disciples of Christ are to do so, and are enabled to do so by the omnipotent working of God the Holy Spirit in our lives. The problem prevalent among the church today isn't a misunderstanding of the newness of this commandment, rather a misunderstanding of the true meaning of love. We have a working definition of love that isn't in line with the teaching of Scripture, and that is due in large part to the fact that we have a view of Jesus that isn't according to Scripture. Love is not never speaking the truth if it may offend hurt, scare, or make uncomfortable any person anywhere at any time. It isn't striving to be known as a nice person. 
It's not saving my own hide by never upsetting the apple cart. It is most definitely not, to borrow from the Heidelberg Catechism, pretending to be wiser than God. Love is Christ-like serving and laying down our lives for others. John expounds on this in his first epistle, telling us that we are living in love when we keep God's commandments with joy. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. We are living in love when we do not love the world, nor the things in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. Listen to Augustine. I define love as a movement of mind directed to the enjoyment of God for his own sake and self and neighbor for the sake of God. To love as Christ taught and demonstrated will be considered hate by some. But just remember, if we are striving to please men, we cannot be bondservants of God. Get your eyes up. Fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, and be ready to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him.